and then he began to teach the very fundamentals of football to them. Now, these guys were professionals, but he reviewed and rehearsed with them all the basics. And that's kind of what today is, is to remind ourselves what it is we're doing. In fact, what in the world are we doing here? What are we doing? What is this all about? Uh, what's the point of everything? Sometimes it's good to just stop and and to simplify and to remind ourselves what is the mission statement or what is the purpose of our existence. Uh, Christ is the lighthouse and the body of Christ is his church. And so we are also a part of that lighthouse. And if you heard Dave Williams praying a little bit ago, he said at the end of his prayer that we would be a lighthouse to our community. And then we just sang about the lighthouse. I don't even think he knew we were going to sing that song. But the point is, is what are we doing here? What are we doing? What in the world are we doing? What's the point? I think a lot of Christians and a lot of churches have lost their way as to what it is our purpose is, what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, we get in such a rut and a habitual routine of things that we forget what it's all about. So as we look in the Word of God today, I want to start with number one. And uh, uh, I just, out of curiosity's sake, went and looked at our church constitution and bylaws to see what it says. And it, it's very similar to what you're going to hear today. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What is our purpose? To glorify God. Our purpose is to glorify the Lord with our lives. Chapter 10 and verse 31 says it this way. Chapter 10, 31. What, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That should be the purpose of your life as an individual. If you're a Christian, your life now is to glorify the Lord. And then as a whole, as the body of Christ, as a church body, to glorify God. There, I know this sounds crazy, but there are a lot of quote-unquote churches that have forgotten this. And they do not glorify God, all right? That's not, that's not even their purpose anymore. They've lost what the purpose is. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we understand those verses are how we get saved and understand the, the, the salvation context of those verses. But then verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. Now, we do not work for salvation. But verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. <clears throat> that God would be glorified in those works. Matthew chapter number 5, speaking of lighthouse, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we do good works... It is for one purpose only, to glorify God in the doing of them. 
It is not for self-glorification. It's not for any other reason that we glorify God and what we do and to let our light shine for that purpose. That is the purpose of my life as a Christian and that is the purpose of us as a Christian body of believers, a, a, a born-again body of believers in Christ, that we are a lighthouse that shines the glory of God. That is our purpose. You, I, I, I see crazy things to the point where I don't even know what to say anymore. But again, these places that call themselves churches with quotation marks around church. And they've lost all purpose in, 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 in what they're to be. They think they're supposed to be some kind of a social program for the community. Listen, as a side effect, a Bible-believing church will be a blessing to the community. But that is not the reason for their existence. The reason for our existence, as it says in Matthew 28, is that we would teach all nations, baptize them, and then teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And that entails glorifying God to give praise and honor and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings up the second purpose, closely related to the first purpose, and that is our purpose is to preach the gospel, to try to win souls. That is our purpose as a body of believers, to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The word gospel means good news. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all are in trouble. Romans 6, 23 says, The wages of sin is death. Since all people sin, therefore all people will die. The second part of Romans 6, 23 says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's the gospel. The good news is there is a gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And verse 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting Life, that's the gospel. That's what we're supposed to be preaching, is the gospel. We are not supposed to just feed the poor. Listen, there are times where we have heard and we have found there was a, a physical need that someone had and we wanted to deal with it and help those people out. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are churches that have lost their purpose and now they're just food banks. They're just doing social good. That isn't the main purpose. Our purpose is to preach the gospel to every creature. I mentioned Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And again, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. And when it says teach all nations, we know from Mark 16, 15, preach the gospel to every creature. That's the main thrust. That's the number one thing that we are to do is to preach the gospel. We, uh, as you heard me say earlier, we... Um, are practicing for a Christmas program. And I noticed that there are some churches that have already had their Christmas program, which is kind of strange that it'd be so early, but we are practicing for the Christmas program. And so there are people who for the last six, eight weeks have been memorizing lines and saying lines in their sleep and putting together props and going through all, and then, and then the number one lead child actress 
was sick all last week, and the poor thing's there, pale as can be, trying to say her lines, but they're just working at it, going through it, memorizing their lines. Why? Because we have a program. But what is the program for? Can I tell you what the program for is for? Is to preach the gospel. We have people on Sunday night, meet Sunday night tonight, and we're practicing Christmas songs. We're going to sing some songs and practice those songs, and then we'll stand up and we'll sing them. We have young people right now in junior church that are practicing Christmas songs to be a part of that same program. Why? Because it's on video. No. Because we might get, we might get world famous and get to travel. No. Because it preaches the gospel. The whole point of the program is to preach the gospel. Why? That's what we're doing. And it's just a different way to do it. Hey, do you not know that there are people who will come and listen to a kid's program that won't come listen to an old fat preacher preach? It's true. There are kids that will come, there are adults that will come watch little kids sing because that's, that's interesting to them. And they'll come for that. Well, don't tell them I said this, but it's a trap. We're going to preach the gospel. And a few years ago, we had Larry and Jean Matheson come to this building for the very first time ever in their life, and they heard the gospel preached. And they've been saved about a month after that and ever since and part of this church family. Listen, we're, we're just trying different ways to preach the gospel. That's what we're doing. That biker booth, listen, I am really not super motivated to stand on a hot street and give out free lemonade and cookies to bikers. But if that's how I can get them to stop so I can preach the gospel to them, that's the purpose of what we exist for, to glorify God and to preach the gospel to every creature. That's what it's all about. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You shall be witnesses unto me. This is the last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea. That means your hometown, your county, Samaria, next door neighbors, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We just heard a letter from Canada where the gospel and God is being glorified in a city and in a community in Canada. We have an opportunity to help preach the gospel through our means of giving to that preacher who then can be preaching the gospel in his neck of the woods. And we do that with 40 different missionaries. But you know, it's our job to do it right here in Custer. And constantly I'm reminded to give out the gospel and to hand someone try. I was talking to someone just, I never met him before. In fact, I wanted to buy something from them. And so I just had a tract with me and I handed it to him. Why? Because my job, my main purpose is to preach the gospel to every creature, to let people know that that's what they need to know is that Jesus died on the cross to save them from their sin. And they are on their way to hell instead of heaven unless they receive Jesus Christ as the free gift of salvation. That's our purpose. Our purpose is not to build buildings and to gain property. Our purpose is not to own material things. However, if you'll turn with me to Proverbs chapter 14, I want to just explain something to you. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14 and verse 4, it says, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Can I paraphrase that? Where there is no cow, there is no you-know-what in the cow stall. But with a cow, there is lots of you-know-what in the cow stall. And what do you got? If you want to keep the cow, 
You got to shovel out the you-know-what out of the stall. Now, what's the purpose of the cow? What's the purpose of the ox? The ox was like the tractor. In that day and age, the ox was like the tractor. It was, it was, a, it was a tool that could be used to really benefit the purpose of the farmer or of the owner. The ox could pull a wagon. The ox could plow. The ox had lots of useful things, but they had to maintain the ox. Why do we as a church own property? Don't have to own property to be a church. But why do we own property? Well, in December, it's really nice to meet inside with a heated building. That's nice. That's a tool. It's not a church, but it sure is a tool. And it can be a beneficial tool. It's hard to have a Christmas program without a building. Just saying. It's hard to do certain things. And so there are certain things that we recognize. Hey, we have two vans. You know what those two vans have been doing every Wednesday for the last three months? Picking up about 30 young people from school and taking them to church and spend from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And you know what we're doing from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock? Emphasizing the gospel and preaching the gospel and teaching them and training them and helping them to understand they're not going to get it at school. And so we're going to give them the word of God and help them and to learn and grow and understand. And those two vans do that. Now, those two vans got to be taken care of. So we built this shelter for those two vans to be parked in. A church does not need to own vans and it does not need to own a garage. But again, it's just another one of those oxen that we can use. So then what do we got to do? We got to change the oil. We got to make sure the tires get rotated. We got to do what? That's just part of that keeping the ox. But the point is, is that our mission and everything that we do is to preach the gospel. We don't own this stuff for any other purpose than that. Hardly anything around here in our church property exists unless it has an emphasis toward people coming to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the purpose behind it. See this thing? This is kind of an obnoxious thing. I, you don't have to have one of these stupid things on your, may I take your order, please? Welcome to Burger King. You don't have to have one of these. But you know what it does? It helps people to hear. It helps it to be recorded and for other people to hear. And it's not a necessity, but it's a tool to help people to hear the gospel, which is what our purpose is. And so let's not forget the purpose behind it because I do believe many Christians have forgotten what the purpose is. They've forgotten what it's all about. And churches have become something other than preachers of the gospel. They own property, they have things, but it's all for some other thing. It's all for some other event or some other purpose, and they've lost their purpose. Now, number three, number one, to glorify God. Number two, to preach the gospel with the hopes of winning souls to Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, both young and old, as old as Larry Matheson, and as young as some young adults and even parents with children, there have been people that have been won to the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of this local church. Praise God. Number three, our purpose is to edify the saints. After the church starts to see people get saved, then the church's job is to edify those saints, those people who have gotten saved. And so Ephesians 
chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. By the way, when we have visitors come to our church, what a wonderful blessing that is. I don't think this ever happens, but in case it does, let me just say, if they happen to sit in your seat, first of all, it ain't your seat. And secondly, we are thankful that they came. Amen? And we want them to know that we are glad. We exist for their, hopefully, their salvation and edification. That's what it's all about. And so, thirdly, our purpose is to edify the saints. Verse 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets, that was the beginning, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so for the rest of our lives, we are to practice this concept of building up. That's what the word edify, like an edifice, a building. And edifying, building up the body of Christ, the individual saints. Now, not just did Larry and Jean get saved through a Christmas program several years ago, but since then, they have been built up. They have learned they have grown, they have forgotten, so we have retaught them. But the point is, is that after salvation comes the edifying. And it doesn't matter if you've been saved for 50 decades. It doesn't matter how old you are in your Christian faith. Everybody needs edification. Every one of us need to be built up and to be matured. And, to, and, and there are certain, and some things can be what we would might say a terrible event, and yet it taught us some lessons and it helped to build us up as well. Sometimes there are bad behavior that takes place in church and things happen. And when the church follows the book and does exactly what the book says, and they see that person restored and they see everything and forgiveness being, you know what that does? That edifies us. Because now you're saying to yourself, I'm not scared I recognize that this church body is a body of believers who loves one another as a family. And if you mess up, boom, they don't kick you out. That, that, that's something that churches have done too. And they become an us for and no more type, type of group. My goodness, shame on us if, if the body of Christ, the family of believers here at Mountain View Baptist Church is all just one level. That isn't realistic. I mean, you look at any family, you got mature, mature, not so mature, not baby. That's the way a, a family of God should be. In other words, there should be new baby Christians. There should be there should be brand new Christians that have just gotten saved. Shouldn't there be? Shouldn't there be in two thousand twenty two have some new baby Christians that have just gotten saved? And so and then there should be been saved ten years, twenty years, thirty years. And oh by the way, the, the one's been saved for a long time might not be acting like the babies. But why do we expect the baby Christians to act like the ones who have been saved for 30 years? We need to recognize the importance of building up. In our home, we had uh, our Caleb and Hannah when they were three or four years old. I remember they saw mommy doing dishes, and I think Hannah or somebody said, Mommy, I want to do dishes. Or I want to do, and that looks like fun. And, and, and mom got a big smile on her face and said, All right. And we started letting them do the dishes. And then they realized, oh, this is a job. And to be honest with you, 
when they first started, I mean, it was like, yep, they're clean. It's like chunks of stuff on here and, you know, and still got this green thing over here on the side of the plate. And All right, forget it. We're not going to let you do the dishes anymore. We'll do them ourselves. No, we taught them to redo it because that's how they're going to learn. But we didn't shame them for their imperfection. We just tried to encourage them to do better. And that's what being a Christian body of believers is, is to edify the saints. May we always be a church family that even if we do make mistakes, we're not afraid of our family. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edify, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Boy, it's such a terrible thing when gossip is a part of your life. If it's not a good thing to talk about, if it's not going to help anyone, if all it is is a juicy gossip tidbit that's going to make you feel good for a little bit, is it worth saying? There's proper ways to deal with issues. There's proper channels and ways to go about taking care of problems. Let's not have corrupt communication, but instead that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the subject of tongues. Boy, some churches have really gotten wacky with the subject of tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says in verse 4 and 5, He that speaketh in an untoned tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. The word prophesy meaning to preach, to teach with your mouth. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. Why? Because there's a lot more that, if, if, if y'all came today and I said, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, you'd be like, man, I didn't get anything out of that except that he's weird. I really believed in the early days in the book of Acts that tongues was just God's giving the, the preachers the ability to speak and everyone could hear it in their own language. I don't believe this stuff you're seeing today where people are swinging from the chandeliers and running up and down the aisles and saying all kinds of gibberish, which doesn't edify anybody but maybe themselves. And so Paul's saying, look, I, in fact, he goes on in this chapter to say, I'd rather speak five words in my own language and a thousand words in some unknown tongue that nobody's going to get anything out of. In verse 12, even so ye as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Your desire should be to build up the church, not yourself. This is also the problem with most of the performances that are going on in church today. Does anybody besides me know what I mean when I say a lot of Christian specials are just a performance for the glorification of the people doing the performance? That isn't the purpose of a song. I've found a lot of times that when someone messes up a song, it kind of jolts everybody, and then all of a sudden they listen to the song. So even messing up isn't a bad thing versus some sort of performance. See, whatever it is that you desire, it's to build up the body. It's to edify the saints and to build up the church, not ourselves. 
You remember point number one, to glorify who? God. We have to glorify each other. I think it was Charles Spurgeon, a preacher from a long time ago, who said, shame on me if after the sermon people say, wow, what a preacher. Because after the sermon, people should be saying, wow, what a savior. That's the purpose, is to edify the body of Christ, which then gives glory to God. Wouldn't it be awesome if the community realized that there was a body of believers they could be a part of that was not about themselves, but it was about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 26, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let me just paraphrase it. How is it that you all have an agenda? Let all things be done unto edifying. You all want to come in with your whatever it is, your agenda. Let all things be done unto edifying. Hey, maybe someone in here is way smarter than the pastor and you know a certain thing would be so much better to do. And yet, if you were to insist on it, it would actually cause more problems than it would help. What's, what should you do then? What should, we, what should we do? We should recognize what does the most edifying. What's the most important thing is to build up the body of Christ. So I, I, I've told this week recently, I think maybe just last month, about my friend Sam, who was a missionary in Mexico, and how that he was wronged. He was wronged by the pastor. And I'm not telling you this because I'm wronging people and I don't want you to go after the pastor. But he knew that he knew that trying to expose the pastor would not edify the church. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not using this as an excuse to not deal with things. Because if there is a problem with the pastor, he should be dealt with. But folks, our goal and our purpose is to edify the body of Christ. Our our desire should be that that lighthouse never has the light go out. That that church, local church lighthouse that stands along the shore and rescues ships along the way. I don't know what it was that sparked my thought. But last night I was thinking about, I was thinking about one of those times where I wanted to quit or I wanted to just let somebody else take the wheel and I'll just go somewhere else. And I remember somebody saying, Pastor, now would not be a good time for you to leave. And I don't know all the ramifications of it, but I do know this. There are people sitting here right now that weren't even saved when that temptation crossed my mind. And now they are. I don't want to make too much of the pastor, but you know what happens if the shepherd gets beat up, the sheep scatter. And our purpose is to build up the body of Christ, not to tear it down. Number four, our purpose is to reproduce ourselves. I mentioned Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I'm going to focus on verse 20 teaching them to observe all things. So they've been saved, they've been baptized, and now teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
In Sunday school, I was talking about raising children and how that we don't have a guarantee of how long we have with them. And maybe they could be abducted from us. Or maybe we as parents could die in an accident, die early. And I thought to myself about being a pastor. And what if I was to die uh, prematurely or, or die of a heart attack tonight or something like that? What condition and what shape would it be? We are to reproduce ourselves. That is our purpose. The Bible tells us that in Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul said this. And verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Just last Wednesday night for the first time, and now every Wednesday night, after we have our anchor club and after we have our prayer time and after we have our Wednesday night service, there are four young men that are meeting with me at 8 o'clock and we're just having our own Bible study kind of like a little deeper I guess and we started it just last Wednesday night for the first time and as we, I was teaching and standing in front of these four young men I couldn't help but think to myself that possibly I'm staring at one of the future deacons of this church or maybe even the future pastor of this church well that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to reproduce ourselves to train up from amongst us, the future generation. You go on in chapter 2 and it, it get down to verse number 20. It says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness. Young man, You've got to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. You have to recognize that if God's going to use you in ministry, you have to keep your vessel clean and keep your vessel from being tainted and used for the wrong purpose so that God can use you for the right things. That's about reproducing ourselves. Look at chapter 3 and verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, I just love training young people. We sang happy birthday to Nicole. I, I forgot that this week is her birthday. I was, I was just thrilled to watch her stand up and win a sword drill contest this morning and read the Bible verse. She's been here for several years now. And she's learned how to navigate and stand up and read the Bible on her own. I have no idea what Madison and Nicole's future is. I don't know for sure, but I sure would love for them to still be at Mountain View Baptist Church when they are grown ladies married with children. That's what we're supposed to be doing is raising up the next generation. That's what we're supposed to be doing is reproducing ourselves. I don't know how much longer that Bob Adams is going to be around, but he's kind of hanging on death's door right now. He's not even singing today. He's not feeling good. Delmer's not even here today because he's not feeling good. We got to reproduce ourselves. Man, those two guys have been a blessing to this church for years and years and years. But they're not going to be around forever. We have to reproduce ourselves. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to. If we love our community more than ourselves, we need to recognize the importance of the next generation being equipped and trained and reproduced. And then it goes on to say, 
All Scripture, in verse 16, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall be turned away, they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And this leads me to the last point. Our purpose is to magnify his word. It is the word of God that has to be upheld and has to be held onto and understood that it is what keeps us firmly anchored in the truth. Verse 2, it said, preach the word. It did not say show movies. I'm not saying that every movie out there is wrong. It can be used as a tool, as I was saying earlier. But the word of God cannot be substituted for anything else. And so our purpose is to magnify his word. Look with me in Psalm 138, verse 2. I think some of you know this, but did you know in a lot of churches, they read poems and they read out of a prayer book and they don't even know what the word of God is anymore. If a church doesn't even know what word is the word, they don't even know what church is anymore. Psalm 138, verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's amazing. Because the Bible says, hallowed be thy name. Using God's name in vain is a filthy thing to do. The name of God is holy, so holy that when they would translate and write the word of God, whenever they came to the name Jehovah, they would set down their pen and they'd go bathe themselves and get a brand new pen and then write his name. That's how holy his name was. And yet right there it says that he's magnified his word above his name. You know why churches are falling apart? This has been ignored. This has been substituted. We know there are other versions of the word of God out there today that no longer have the truth in them like this one does. Our purpose is to magnify the word above all. Why would Jesus say man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out? Why would he say that unless it's really true? Be careful of the substitution of the word of God. We have devotionals and we even give them out. And those devotionals are written by pastors and preachers and missionaries and they have a Bible verse and then they have some commentary and some thoughts on that verse. And that's not a bad thing. But a devotional book written by some man is not the same as reading the word of God. If you say, well, I, I watched a movie on the gospel of John. You didn't read the word of God. You got somebody with a camera and their slant on it. Be careful of what's out there today. There's so much ecumenical and esoteric stuff going on. It's bad news. It's a substitution for the word of God. Be careful. God's word has to be maintained. Matthew 24, 35 says, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word is what we have to hang on to. The word of God has to be magnified above all 
else. We preach the word. Then look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The reason why it says that is because the church was expected to hold purely the word of God. And when the word of God is let go by the church, the church ceases to be a biblical church. Did you know there are ministerettes and ministers out there that are wearing rainbow-colored garments now and are performing rainbow weddings? Do you know there are, there are churches that have lost their way completely? They no longer have anything to do with the Word of God. That ought not be you and I. What in the world are we doing here? We're to glorify God. We're to preach the gospel and win souls. We are to edify the saints who are saved. We are to reproduce ourselves and ask God to help us to reproduce ourselves. And we are to, more than anything, continue to just magnify the word, the anchor of our soul, the anchor that keeps us tethered to the rock, that keeps us focused on what the purpose is. Titus chapter number 1 and verse 9. I just read this in my Bible reading yesterday. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as it hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Without the Bible, we're not anything. Without the Bible, we're adrift without a sail and without a purpose. What on earth are we to be doing? We're to glorify God. We're to preach the gospel to every creature. We're to edify one another. We're to reproduce ourselves. And we're to magnify the word, even above his name. Again, above his name. Above his name, the very word of God. I hope that your personal life is doing that. And I hope that as a church body, we are doing that. If you're not a part of a Bible-believing church, get up, be a part of it. Join it. Become a part. Understand the purpose is what we just said today. It's to edify. It's to build up. It is to preach the gospel. It's to glorify God, number one. And by God's grace to reproduce ourselves as we continue to hold fast to the anchor. I have lousy days just like you do. In fact, yesterday... I was feeling pretty lousy. Slept good last night, praise the Lord for that. I got bad days just like you've got bad days. I've got things that go wrong just like you have things that go wrong. But praise God, I saw the lighthouse. Praise God, the lighthouse helped me find the way. Praise God, I'm not Mormon. Praise God, I'm not Catholic. Praise God, I'm not even one of those holy rollers that swing from the chandeliers. Praise God, I'm not an atheist or a Buddhist or a a Muslim or even a Jewish person. Praise God, I'm not lost without Jesus Christ. On my worst day, I still belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I even have a local church to belong to. And I even have his word to read. 
praise God for it. Let's bow our heads and pray today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us to magnify it. Help our lives to magnify it. Help our individual personal reading and study of it to become so obviously radiating to the world around us. Help the practice of your word to be so obvious to our neighbors and community. Lord, may we glorify you. May we be someone who wins souls, that you would help us to just continue to win souls to preach the gospel, that we would in in turn then build up one another and mature one another and grow them and reproduce ourselves, Lord, and that we would just continue with your word. Help us not to forget the simple main purposes that you've given us as a church and as an individual believer. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. Thank you for where you've placed us. Thank you for the lighthouse. Thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. Help us to not get sidetracked and out of focus about other issues. Help us to keep the simplicity of the main thing the main thing. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.